0: Amen. Hey, once again, we are in our study, the exciting voodoo vampires and the rise of what demon worship. And is anybody starting to see why it was titled demon worship, especially now that we got to the voodoo part? It's all about getting connected and possessed by demons and literally worshiping them. But we've already seen by way of recap, we've already seen the existence of demons. It's real because we just got to have something to talk about. No, it's all over the Bible, Old and New Testament. Hello. And the Bible also tells us the character and the tactics. They're going to come after you. But you don't have to be afraid. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. God tells us exactly what we need to do. Isn't that great and kind? He didn't say, hey, there's demons, the devil out there, and they're out to get you every single day, 24-7. Have fun. No, he tells us how to deal with it. And that's why we dealt with that, because it's real. Then for seven times, we dealt with the history. How in the world did we get in this mess where people, not just in the world, but even the church, are seeking actual input from demonic activity, demonic behavior, and frankly, demons. Okay, it's crazy. And so we dealt with that. And then we saw, unfortunately, it didn't stop there. Demon worship, interaction with demons, okay, seeking advice, truth. Uh, experience with demonic activity didn't stop there. It branched off into other uh, spiritualism, okay, which again was the code word for demon interaction. And we saw last time, the first one we're dealing with is voodoo. There's going to be different subsections. This is the first one, voodoo, okay. And last time, if you were here, uh, the first one, we just did a, a, a swath, a wide shot over it. But last time we dealt with, where did it all start? Voodoo came from West Africa, as you can see here, okay. In our last study, it's also known as Vodun or Voodoo, however you want to pronounce it. But it came from the Fon people in what kingdom? That's right, Dahomey. I didn't say homie. I said Dahomey. That's the name of the kingdom. But today, okay, uh, today it's the modern country called Benin. Okay, Benin. Okay. Uh, but it also is in the whole Western Africa area that also not just Benin, but it came from there. Togo, Ghana, Nigeria, the whole Western part. And it's still openly practiced today. If you were here last week, we saw that. They got voodoo holidays, voodoo bank holidays, voodoo museum, voodoo day. They got – remember that voodoo, their version of MTV? They just do voodoo songs. It's crazy openly. And I quote voodoo over there right now is, quote, they consider themselves who practice voodoo officially Catholic or Muslim. They incorporate their beliefs all together. Why is you're going to see again? Because they perfectly slide together. Okay, and part of that is because of their belief system. West African voodoo, where it all began, believes in what's called animism, as we saw, and that is the belief that there's a power in all objects, okay, including, remember, we saw words, that your words have power. And certain words and certain phrases, you can speak into existence what you believe. What does that sound like? The Word of Faith baloney movement. We saw Joel Olstein is basically, uh, not even basically, he is promoting animism in the church. And uh, we gave an example of that, and he just slapped at the Christianese. But that is the basis of the word faith movement. It's called animism. Okay, and again, notice the guy is foaming at the mouth because Voodoo is all about demon possession. And what I got to do is I got to do all these different rituals, these dances, these ceremonies, put to music, for the whole purpose. They think it's a good thing that this spirit, the Bible calls a demon, inhabits the person, and I can find out all kinds of neat stuff. But that's what happens. We're talking about a whole religion that's based on demon possession. Okay, then we saw, of course, demon possession. They're spirits. They got a whole cosmology that they believe in. They got major, minor deities. Okay, and they believe that the way that you communicate with these spirits, okay, i.e., demons, is through prayer, animal sacrifice, drum and dance ceremonies. Remember that last time we saw? It's, it's a whole big thing. The, the big It's repetitive drum, repetitive music, ceremonies jump up, up down, and down. And the whole point, and we're going to see it again tonight. The whole point is you keep that up until you get possessed, until the, quote, spirit begins to speak through you. Sound familiar? We saw the same thing in charismatic practices today. That's not the spirit of God. And then we saw, quote, there's many similarities between the spirits of voodoo and, quote, Catholicism. Well, how's that? Well, we saw that voodoo calls demons spirits. Catholics just call them. Saints. Voodoo says there's a spirit for everything that will help you and give you favor. Catholicism says what? There's a saint, a dead person, that will do for this. It's the same thing. That's why they perfectly slide together, Catholicism and Voodoo, even still to this day. They also believe in what's called ancestor worship, also known as the cult of the dead or the veneration of the dead. And the whole point is, it's they believe it's a good thing to contact the dead. What's the Bible say? We already dealt with this in great detail. When you die, if you're a Christian, where do you go? Straight to heaven. Do you come back? No, you don't. How many guys want to come back? I don't want to come back. When I'm out here, I want to stay out of here. Well, that's what the Bible teaches. Praise God. You're out of here and you stay out of here. Praise God. So, but if you go to hell, if a person rejects Christ, do they come back? Absolutely not. So these entities claiming to be people, what are they? They're demons, what the Bible calls a familiar spirit. But they have a whole base. Oh, no, that's my aunt. That's my whatever. That's Saint So-and-so. That's all that stuff. It's called veneration of the dead. And shocker, Disney, of course, is out there promoting that lie, ancestor worship. Uh, And again, this is what they do with candles and beliefs and sacrifices. Uh, Catholicism still does the same thing today. Voodoo prays to the dead and for the dead. Catholicism prays to the dead and for the dead as well. Okay. They try to Christianize that, but it's completely unbiblical. Then we took a look at their rituals. And again, we're still just in West Africa. This is where it all started. And tonight we're going to see how it began to spread around the world. Rituals, they got a ritual calendar. And I quote, the calendar of voodoo, West African voodoo, uh, has a ritual of feast, quote, synchronized with the Roman calendar. So just like witches have a calendar of their yearly Ritual, so does Satanism, as we saw, has a yearly calendar. So does voodoo, but it's merged with the Catholic calendar. The Catholic calendar has a calendar, folks. All these days you're supposed to worship this saint and do this and say this to Mary and do all. It's the same thing, but it merges with voodoo. Okay, Ritual temple, as we saw, uh, they do it in a temple, and that temple has candles and, quote, along with images of the Catholic saints. They're one and the same. By the way, that tells you it's coming from the same source, and it's not from God. OK, uh, they have their practices, their herbs, the things called fetishes. Remember the fetish? The fetish was voodoo. It's a term for what, you know, it could be a gorilla hand. It could be an animal skull, all these things you need to in the rituals. They call it a fetish. And then where we left off, they have basically the voodoo, West African voodoo, early form of a police force. OK, it was called the Zangbeto, and it sure looked a lot like Cousin It. Remember that? That's where we left off last time. But that's what they do. And uh, things of that nature, as crazy as it is. Now, it didn't stop there, unfortunately. West Africa, voodoo, okay? We're going to see that it spread elsewhere. And, of course, tonight, we're going to see where it went first, okay? And that is South America, okay? And the reason why is because of something called the slave trade. So you have the sin of voodoo, okay, was spread by another sin called slavery, Okay, And that's how it hopped upon and got over there. But before we get into that, once again, open your Bibles, and we're going to find out what does God say is going to happen 100% of the time if you mess with occult activity. I'm kind of thinking it's not good, but you guys can discern this yourself. But Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 21, then we're going to hop over the next page, uh, at least in my Bible, to chapter 6. And take a look at the fruit if you decide to do what God says not to do. you got two choices every day when you get out of bed. You can listen and walk and live and keep in step of the Spirit and have a great life. Woo-hoo! That's what you're supposed to do as a Christian. Or you want to give into to that flesh? And you go, how do I know I'm in the flesh? Well, he's going to tell you, here's some signs you're in the flesh, man. That ain't the Spirit of God. And then he's going to tell you, here's what you can expect when you walk in that manner. Okay, but Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 21, and then chapter 6, 7 through 8. Let's take a look. Paul says this, so I say, it, live by the what? And what's the good news? You will not, notice how emphatic he is. You will not what? Gratify the desires of the sinful nature. How many Christians even know how this even works, right? It's unfortunate. They haven't been taught. We dealt with this before in our other studies. But the good news is, Paul's very adamant. You know, you sit there going, I'm always sin. I have my sin. Why can't I do it? Well, there's a conflict he's going to describe here in a second. But here's the good news if you just walk in the Spirit, then what's not going to happen? Your life's not going to be full of sin. I didn't say sin. sinless. But you're going to sin less. The more you walk in the Spirit, the less you're going to sin. There, there's your way out. I didn't say he did, right? And that's why it's just a big fat lie when people come up in the world and they, well, once you're an alcoholic, at all? you're always an alcoholic. I'm always recovering. No, you're not. I didn't. Got, if you just walk in the Spirit, you don't. You're not going to fulfill that lust anymore. Paul says in Romans six, I'm no longer a slave to sin, and on and on it goes. But he says you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. For the sinful, desires, uh, sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are what? They're in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So every day when you get out of bed, you got two voices, basically. you got the Spirit of God saying, go this way, have a great day. And then you got your old man's sin nature going, hey, go this way. And he's going to tell you what you're going to get if you listen to that one. It's not good. The, and you say, well, how do I know if I'm in the flesh? Well, he says this, it's obvious. The acts of the simple nature, uh, verse 19, is obvious. Uh, If your life oozes this out, you're in the flesh. And it gives you a whole list. It's not a complete list because there's all kinds of sin, but you get the idea. Uh, That would include sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft. Notice the two are linked together. Because certainly you see with voodoo and even Catholicism with their saints, all the figurines, all the idols, and things that goes all in all. With that occult behavior, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness and orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this as a way of life, that's all that's coming out of you. What's he say? You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Right. So there it is. We got to do certain things and stay away from certain things in order to get saved. No, he's not talking about he's talking as a way of life, as a pattern of life. Right? You're in conflict, and sometimes as a Christian, you're going to sin. But if all that's coming out of you is all this stuff in the flesh, and you ain't seen what he goes on to talk about, the fruit of the Spirit, you ain't saved. Paul says Romans chapter 8, uh, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you don't belong to Christ. I'm not saying we live perfect, but at some point, like our James study, something should be coming forth showing that you got the Spirit inside you. So if you got nothing but flesh coming out, and it's all this kind of junk, I don't care what you say, you're a liar, and the James, John would say you're a liar, and the truth is not in you. Okay, but let's skip over to chapter 6 now and say, well, okay, so so what? So I've been walking in the flesh lately. Ain't good. Okay, ain't good, right? Might not be a sign that you're not saved. That's all ever that comes out. But even if you are, it's called you reap what you sow. And that's what he says over here, right, in chapter 6, verse 7. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Literally in the Greek, it's like thumb your nose at God. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, huh? yeah. God cannot be mocked. A man what? Reaps what he sows, and the one who sows to please the sinful nature—what we just read from that nature—what's you going to get? Destruction. Destruction. But on the contrary, the one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap what eternal life. And so God, once again, is very blunt, cut and dry in the Scripture because it's a blunt and cut and dry, black and white issue. You got two choices in life every day when you wake up in bed. You got uh, you can sow things. You're going to sow something, right? Okay. And uh, you could sow this jacket. And that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a seed. That's not even funny. Don't stop looking at the jacket. I know it's hard, but stop looking at it. Don't. Uh, but you could sow, okay, like plant, right? You can plant certain things. Every day we're planting something. So if you will, every day you're producing a crop, right? That's going to impact your life. And he says this, if it's all it is, is from the flesh, what are you going to get? Destruction, okay? But if you listen to God and do what he says, what are you going to get? Eternal life, good things, dare I say, okay, as we we didn't read that section, but he goes on and says you're going to experience more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right? It's good stuff, as well as obviously eternal life, okay? And the Greek literally says it isn't just, okay, I chose to do that. You're literally uh, thumbing your nose at God, right? Those who sow by the flesh, the sin nature, which includes, and I quote, sorcery, depending on your translation, witchcraft, basically occult activity, Okay, you're going to get destruction. Now, listen to what the, the Greek word there is. Yeah, it's destruction. It also means corruption, perishing, and I quote, eternal misery in hell. Very strong word, right? God doesn't mince words. This is a serious issue, right? How many of you guys get up and go like, man, I want to I turn my life into hell. <laughs> yeah, things have been going great. But you know what? I need to change a pace. Let's listen to that flesh and invite hell to come on in. That's, who would do that? But that's what he's saying. Uh, God is not mock. you know, don't be deceived. You think you're, oh, no, but not this time. Oh, yeah, it will. Payday's coming. But number one, if this is your life and it's just nothing but flesh, uh, one, you're, as he would say you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God if that's all you produce. You're not saved by your works, but that's all you got. That's why you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God because you're not a Christian, because you don't have the Spirit of God. There's no evidence of the Spirit, because at some point he's going to get you to confess sin, and he's, he's going to produce some fruit, something, Right? Number two, it's going to bring destruction on your life. Listen, even here on earth, before you go to misery in hell, because you rejected Christ. Okay, and that is not only what voodoo does, because it's witchcraft, it's idolatry, all wrapped up in all bunch of junk. Okay, uh, and it's what uh, it's a work of the flesh. But it was started and spread by another sin called slavery. Okay, but then how many guys is born again Christian? Before we continue on that. And we're gonna see how it spread because of the sin of slavery. So one sin led to another sin, which spread the sin. Okay. But how many guys have heard people say, Oh yeah, well that Bible, that Bible c- condones slavery? You bunch of hypocrites, right? You ever had somebody try to accuse you of saying that? Bunch of blunts. So before we continue, let's just quickly remind ourselves no, God did not condone slavery. Let's take a look at that.
1: New Testament instruction on slavery. Even in the New Testament era, the Bible did not demand that every slave owner immediately emancipate his slaves. Rather, the apostles gave instructions to slaves and their owners on godly behavior within that social system. Masters were admonished on the proper treatment of their slaves. For example, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9, masters are told, treat your slaves in the same way with goodwill. Do not threaten them since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no favoritism with him. Elsewhere the command is masters provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Colossians chapter 4 verse 1. Jesus and the apostles did not outright condemn slavery. They didn't need to. The effect of the gospel is that lives are changed one by one and those changed lives in turn bring transformation to entire families, clans, and cultures. Christianity was never designed to be a political movement, but over time it naturally affected political policy. Alexander McLaren wrote that the gospel meddles directly with no political or social arrangements, but lays down principles which will profoundly affect these and leaves them to soak in the general mind. In nations where Christianity spread and took firm hold, slavery was brought to an end through the efforts of born-again individuals. The seeds of the emancipation of slaves are in the Bible, which teaches that all men are created by God and made in His image, which condemns those who kidnap and sell a person, and which shows that a slave can truly be a brother in the Lord. Some criticized the Bible because it did not demand an immediate overthrow of every ingrained, centuries-old, sinful custom of the day. But, as Warren Worsby pointed out, the Lord chooses to change people and society gradually through the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the proclamation of the truth of the Word of God. There is a tendency to look at slavery as something of the past, but it is estimated that there are today over 27 million people in the world who are subject to slavery, forced labor, sex trade, inheritable property, etc. As those who have been redeemed from the slavery of sin, followers of Jesus Christ should be the foremost champions of ending human slavery in the world today. In other words, it was Christians who spoke up, and uh, spread the gospel,
0: and people got saved and began to have a greater influence in society and helped put a stop to slavery. old, the slavery that's still going on today, what do you think we need to do? It's the exact same thing, right? We need to speak up and et cetera. But again, notice that the context there is that uh, obviously the nations are doing all kinds of things wrong, but what is God's chosen methodology? As you go and you share the gospel and people get saved, and then the area becomes, if you will, full of Christians, what naturally begins to fall off? Not just one sin, but what? All sin, right? Much, much more effective than sitting there going like, we're going to pass a law and we're going to force you. It doesn't work. Laws can't change a man's heart, but if a person gets saved, the Spirit of God can, right? And so if we're going to uh, make a difference in America, what do we do? We need to pass laws. We Well, we do need to speak up and all that stuff. We need to speak up for the truth and all that stuff. But ultimately, if you want to have long-lasting effects, what do you do? You share the gospel. Because when a person has a, a right heart... Uh, dare I say, uh, they don't murder people and steal and do all the kinds of rotten stuff that you're passing 10 billion laws and it still doesn't work. So anyway, that's the issue on slavery. But but slavery was what spread this other sin called voodoo. So I wanted to get that out of the way because people accuse us in the Bible of something that's not true. All right. Now, again, the first place that we're going to see that this uh, sin of voodoo began to spread because of the sin of slavery is, as you can see there, uh, South America. Is where it began to first hop the pond it started in west africa but because of the slave trade that's where it went next as you can see here primarily uh the african slave trade again just happened to be from those areas well guess what we just saw just happened to be in those areas that's called west africa what was it flooded with already voodoo so that's where they picked them from and so guess what came with them voodoo so that's how it got ...and hop the ponds, also known as the Atlantic slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade, the Euro-American slave trade... ...and basically it went elsewhere, as you can see here, right? That one area, as you can see there, the west of Africa, that was flooded with voodoo, it went all over the place. So that's unfortunately how it began to spread. Now, to the Americas specifically, okay, it was called the Triangle Route, right? And basically they would take people and slaves and go over to the Americas, you know, South America and North America... And they would use them uh, to produce things, right? And uh, like in the Caribbeans, they would use them in the, the cane fields, the new sugar. Then they would go and sell it to the Americas. Then the Americans with their slaves, then they would produce with the sugar rum. And then they would go back to Africa with the money to go get more slaves. And it just kind of went around in a big triangle. Also, the same thing was used, again, like a commerce uh, labor force, slavery, uh, and over into Europe and back and forth and back and forth. It just kind of fed itself. Uh, and it was called the Triangle Route. Now this is crazy. They purchased the slaves. Sometimes they were abducted, but a lot of them they were purchased by African leaders, local so they were sold out by their own people. Okay, uh, that usually doesn't get brought up. Uh, but anyway, that's I'm not condoning that. I'm not trying to downplay slavery, but I'm just saying this. There's you know got to pay attention to the whole thing. Now this is what's crazy. The slaves were managed, okay, managed by a person, okay, who helped to expedite their shipping. Of them to the New World. And you know what they called that manager? This is crazy. A factor. A factor was the person that was used to help expedite the shipping, right? Now, watch this. The slaves, okay, were imprisoned at a place while they were awaiting the shipment. And you know what the name of that place was? A factory. Boy. It felt like a slave labor and working in those factories. Isn't that weird? Where terminology, you learn something new every day. You don't get that on the back of a granola bar. This is valuable information, right? Estimated about 12 to possibly around 13 million Africans were shipped across the Atlantic over 400 years. Millions of them died. Uh, But this sin brought another sin, voodoo, over there to the Americas. And that's where we're going to start. Now, it's branched off into different forms of voodoo, but it's still voodoo. And a lot of similarities. But we're going to deal with four major types of South American voodoo that originated from West African voodoo coming over from the slave trade. The first one we're going to see is condomble. No, that's how you'd say it if you're in the South. Uh, condomble. So you got to sound ble. That sounds like, well, we're getting into our vampires eventually, but that's not what I'm about. Uh, no. Uh, condomble is this form of voodoo. Okay. In South America, okay. Uh, coming from West Africa, but let's watch them in action. And again, as you're going to see, as we've already seen the first two studies, what are some of the biggest methods they use to get people into an altered state of consciousness for the whole purpose, admittedly, to get a demon to come inside you and speak through you? Music, dance, drums, twirling, all that stuff. But let's take a look at condomble uh, in action.
2: They were in Salvador da Bahia, which was the first capital in Brazil, and it was also where they had the largest port receiving the most amount of uh, African slaves. And so, because of its history, there is a very important Afro-Brazilian community here, and this is also where Candomblé, which is an Afro-Brazilian religion, started. Today, Candomblé remains a melting pot of a religion, drawing followers from all over Brazil and the world. This is a a very important candomblé terreiro, or temple, one of the most important ones in the country, and uh, it's also a national heritage site, and tonight they're actually hosting a big, important ceremony, and we've come here to see it.
3: Candomblé is an Afro-Brazilian religion, which was formed by several um, traditions of the African continent. There were several inflows of the slave trade they brought with them their religion and their faith and their social structure in this tradition of candomblé we believe in one god which is called Olodumare. you know the the all powerful almighty god and then we believe in deities which are representations of energies of nature
2: in Candomblé, the deities are referred to as Orishas. There are hundreds of them reflecting different manifestations of God, like fire, water, or war.
3: When the Orishas come, come to earth through their followers, um, they dance, and we believe that the actual deity comes to the earth through that body. Of that person, which for us is, is something very good because we are um, able to engage with our deities.
0: Now what do you say? The whole purpose what? The song and the dance, you keep it up. The whole goal is to get this demon inside you to begin to speak through you and then that's going to give everybody direction. So he mints it, right? The same thing going on today. Uh, by the way, what's, uh, it's not on that video. I watched it. I had to obviously pare it down. Uh, But let's just deal with this uh, first one, Candomble. Okay. And, uh, but he went on to say that when the police or, uh, dare I say, some Catholic influences would show up, uh, they would, they hide, you saw all the idols, right? They would hide them uh, quickly under the altar in a cabinet, and then they whip out the saints. (laughs) And then that was acceptable. Right. So that was just kind of another, another one he said. But it began to become popular in Brazil. This is an area in Brazil uh, in the 1800s, Candomblé. It's a syncretism between several uh, religions of West Africa, i.e. voodoo, and I quote Roman Catholicism. Uh, it involves the veneration of spirits, what the Bible would call demons. They call them araxes. Okay, uh, And again, the names of the West African deities are equated, and I quote again, with the Roman Catholic saints. They blend together. Okay, uh, they also have, again, as you heard him say, they believe in a, quote, creator deity, uh du Mare. Okay, you'll see some of the other ones. It's a little variation of the name there. Uh, they also believe that every individual has what's called a tutelary or a guardian oraxa, so basically a spirit that follows you around. Uh, they think it's a great thing. And the whole point is uh, you need to connect with that spirit because that's going to help inform your personality. No, you don't want to connect with that spirit. That's a demon. Uh, the, the members of Candomblé, they're initiated into the practice, and they usually meet in temples, okay, run by priests and priestesses. and a, quote, rituals, and I quote, the rituals involve practitioners drumming, singing, and dancing, as you saw. And you just keep it up, and you keep it up, however long it takes, to, quote, this is their words, encourage an oryxa, i.e. demon, to possess one of their members, and they believe through this, this possessed individual, can communicate directly with the deity, just like you said on the video. And they think it's a good thing. They offer the spirits, i.e. demons, fruits, sacrifice, animals. Uh, Other spirits they hope to connect with uh, is the, quote, spirits of the dead that they call agun. They use divination to decipher the messages of the demons, uh, oryxes. They have healing rituals, amulets, herbal remedies, baths, all play a prominent role. But here they are again, in practice. Let's take a look at that.
4: Saturday night on the outskirts of Rio de Janeiro, a religious ceremony is about to start. This is Candomblé. One of the key Afro-Brazilian religions in the country, it developed from traditions originally brought over by slaves from Africa. Worship centers around Orishas, divinities found in nature and the elements.
5: Cada part of nature, we eh, have the irradiation of one um, um orixá. We um have de a deus, which we call the Eledunaria. We have a doutrina, we have a hierarchy, we have our divinity, our heritage of Africa.
4: As the drumming and singing intensifies, devotees believe they are taken over by the different deities. Tem a mesma coisa de que você tem na igreja, é que também é igual. Reverenciamos mm-hmm. a Deus e to nossos orixás. Pastor Tupirani said he understands Afro-Brazilian religions better than most because he grew up in them. He said he saw practitioners request evil deeds from spirits, such as the death of a neighbor. He converted to evangelical Christianity in his early 20s.
5: As religiões afros no Brasil, elas são satânicas.
4: Tonight, four more devotees have been initiated into Candomblé. And nobody here wants to give up a religion many say is central to their lives.
0: And what's it all based on? The whole goal is to get a demon inside you, to speak through you, for direction for you, for others. Isn't that wonderful? And what does it take to get there? Drumming, dancing, repetitive behavior over and over and over again until BAM! It's going to connect with you. Sound familiar? Yeah, it's being Christianized today. And I quote, Candomblé is derived from the term for dances, which is also used to describe a dance style among the African-descended communities. But that's just the first one. There's another one uh, that's also, that's Candomblé. The next one is Umbande. Okay. Umbande. Okay. And this one also uh, involves the worship of Oraxis, i.e. demons, what they call spirits, okay? This uh, umbande is more open and public than condomble. uh, condomble. It's a little bit more privatized there, hence the hiding of the idols and then whipping out the saints if somebody shows up. Uh, The latter, uh, condomble, employs songs in African languages, but this one, umbande, uh, the songs are in Portuguese, Okay. Uh, and then there's actually those who combine both. If you can keep pronouncing these correctly, I don't know. It's a challenge. Condomble and Umbande. If you do both, then you're uh, what's called an umbandomble, <laughs> For those of you wondering, right? Uh, but that's it. But anyway, again, this is the same thing. It is, and this is their definition, not mine. It is a Afro-Brazilian religion that is syncretized with African religions, i.e., Voodoo. Quote again. Roman Catholicism, quote, spiritism, which is involvement with demons. And this one, a little bit different, indigenous American beliefs. So basically the shamanism, the American Indianism. And that's probably, Lord willing, for still alive and still here, where we're going to be heading next uh, into that before we get to the vampire aspect. Because you're going to see the same thing. You never see American Indians dance around beating on a drone, do you? And what was the whole point? Was to invite the spirits. It's the exact same as voodoo, folks. But that's being glamorized in our country. Like, they're back to nature. We need to do the same thing. No, you don't. But that will, Lord willing, uh, be the next one. But this one, Ubande, is spread across Brazil, also into Argentina, Uruguay, and that area there. Uh, Again, they believe in a supreme being. Obviously, none of this is the biblical version, of course. Uh, It's it's, uh, synchronized again with the Catholic saints as well. Uh, They believe that uh, they act as a divine energy. Uh, these spirits of deceased people or other demons can give counsel, guidance to practitioners. Uh, quote: Psychics or mediums can uh, be used to bring messages from the spiritual world and other guiding spirits. They believe in reincarnation and spiritual evolution, past lives, all that stuff. But let's get into specifically uh, these spirits that they call the uh, oraxis. Okay, the oraxis. And that's basically, they call them that. They're also known as orishas. And <laughs> watch this. Or they just flat out call them santos. What's santos? Saint. It's the same thing. So it all, again, you're seeing repetitive. It's all blends together. And to me, if something blends together so perfectly, and if one's evil, what's that make the other one? It's all coming from the same source. Hello. Okay. Uh, but again, they believe in uh, uh, this uh, all-powerful supposed creator. Uh, they call him Olorum, close to the other one. They got a hierarchy of guides and protectors. Again, just as we saw last time, that there's a, a, a demon spirit uh, for everything you can think of. Then there's a Catholic saint for everything you think of. It's, it's, a, it's the same thing and the same thing. That, but they break down uh, the spirits, i.e. demons, their access. In seven different categories. And this is again how they break it down. So tell me again, uh, it doesn't synchronize with Catholicism. Uh, the spirit that they call Oaxala is, quote, their version of Jesus, if you can believe that. Uh, Amanja is supposed to be Our Lady of Navigators. Uh, Zanjo is supposed to be John the Baptist. Uh, Oxum is Our Lady of Opera Sita, wherever that is. Uh, Ogum is supposed to be St. George. Oxasi is St. Sebastian. Uh, Abedji is St. Cosmas. Uh, Amulu is supposed to be Lazarus. Uh, Ayansa is St. Barbara. Nana is supposed to be St. Anne. Uh, Oxamare is uh, Bartholomew the Apostle. And Exu is supposed to be Anthony of Padua. Again, but here they are. This is Umbanda in action. Okay, let's take a look at that.
6: It was through the portals of Bahia, the center of the Brazilian slave trade, that three to five million Africans were first brought to the New World. Missionaries baptized them when they landed, but didn't care if they kept their drums, their songs, and some of their own customs. The slaves were able to incorporate Catholicism with their own gods and rituals, producing what today is called condomble. As practiced now, Condomble remains close in form to the original African religions brought by the slaves. Umbanda, the most popular form of macumba, is a colorful blend of condomble, Catholicism, American Indian religions, and European spiritualism. The central feature of Umbanda is an altered state of consciousness described by devotees as possession by supernatural beings. Spirit possession is a state in which the medium's own consciousness leaves and his body is entered by the possessing entity. Drumming, singing and dancing accompany the celebration as the spirits arrive, ordering food, drinks, cigars, special costumes or whatever it is they like. Umbanda members report feeling spiritually or psychologically cleansed after recovering from possession. Through Umbanda, the dispossessed seem to regain a sense of power and respect by associating themselves with powerful supernatural forces. Umbanda also helps to integrate the adherent's personality by allowing the expression of repressed aspects of his or her personality in the context of possession. However it is understood or explained, Umbanda functions as a psychotherapy for the poor. People come seeking solutions to their problems, and Umbanda offers them the help they need. In recent years, Umbanda has become a powerful force in Brazil's popular culture, providing a means of expression and creativity, and its influence can be felt throughout Brazil.
0: You yeah, notice that Pop in a saint here and there. it's Same thing. How many times do you see movies or people going over there? Or have you ever been in those areas? And you're like, "Wow, this is a pretty, pretty, pretty big Catholic place." Is it, or is it just really voodoo that's merged with Catholicism, right? And so, but again, what was the whole premise? The dancing, the singing, the rituals—all that is designed to what? And notice the people, man, their eyes are rolled up in the back of their heads or whatever, and they get demon-possessed. They think the whole thing's based on demon-possession. Now, let's break down the spirits. They break down the spirits. They believe there's what's called pure spirits. These are what they would call angels or archangels or cherubim. uh, Quote, spirits that have reached spiritual perfection. That's not biblical. Angels are created beings. And they were created in the past. There ain't going to be any more. One-third went with Satan, became the demons. Two-thirds are still with God. But that's it. Angels aren't like, well, hopefully I can you know, improve. No, it's, it is what it is. Uh, that's Hollywood's version. It's also voodoo's version uh, that somehow angels need to earn their wings and all that stuff. It's a baloney. That's what voodoo basically believes. They call them pure spirits. They also have what's called good spirits. We'll get to the evil spirits in a second. But the good spirits uh, are the ones that uh, they believe uh, will help you in all kinds of things. And they break those good spirits into, believe it or not, because you never know who's going to pop in. Right? And, uh, of course, you always wanted it to be a good spirit, right? but it's all demonic, right? But here's how they categorize and how you know which one of these demons, I mean spirits, I mean saints, I mean Araxas, is popping into a person because they will start to exhibit these characteristics. And I quote, uh, there's a, a spirit who's called Kabaklo, uh, and that is uh, an indigenous Brazilian. So it's a Brazilian who died, who was into this, and now has come back to speak. Which is obviously not true. And uh, as we saw, is it what? It's a familiar spirit it's a demon. But the way that they know that this is that, uh, supposedly, is they, they are very knowledgeable in medical herbs. And they, they have expensive remedies, to, uh, uh, inexpensive remedies uh, to give to the ill people. You know, because they were a local. They know how hard it is, right? And I quote, I'm not making this up. When, when a kabaklo speaks, you listen. Sound familiar for those of you in the 80s? When E.F. Hutton talks, yeah. you listen. Maybe, maybe they got went to and heard from a caboclo to get that advertising campaign. I don't know. Uh, they also have – that was the first one. But then you have another spirit that they call the Prado uh, Velhu or the old black man. And this is supposed to be a spirit coming back to you uh, who was previously died enslaved. And they're supposed to be wise and peaceful they know all about suffering and compassion, you know, because they were, you know, a slave and all that stuff, supposedly, herbal remedies. The female counterpart is called the Preto velu, the old black woman. And uh, when a medium gets possessed with a Preto velu the old black woman, quote, they cannot stand straight. They have difficulty walking and has to make consultations sitting down. They frequently drink coffee and smoke pipes because ladies love their pipes. We all know that, but... Uh, well, Whatever. Then, they believe it or not, they believe that sometimes children will pop in. And again, it's all demonic, but this is how they break it down. And they called called uh, Criancas, or Ares. Uh, kids can get cranky, but that's not what they're talking about. But their name is, uh, they're uh, supposedly, uh, they always cheer you up. They look on the bright side of things, This spirit, right? It's supposed to be pure and joyful. Well, it's got to be from God because it was one. No, 2 Corinthians 11, 14 says what? Even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. See, that's how they dupe a lot of people. Well, I was there. You don't understand, man. I had goosebumps, and top of my goosebumps. That had to have been the spirit of God. Nope, not even. When the medium incorporates a child spirit, eras or a criancas, uh, all of a sudden the person laughs a lot. They dance. Uh, they appear with stuffed animals. They speak with a child's voice. They frequently drink. Of course, you're a kid. You're not supposed to be drink whiskey and rum like the other ones. Uh, so and I looked it up. They actually still sell this. It was actually on the Amazon. I couldn't believe it. Uh, it was like a type of energy or soda drink or something. And they eat candy. So if you get possessed and you start eating candy, uh, you know what's going on. But that's what they believe. Now, let me give you a couple more. Uh, this one's called the uh, bianos or whatever. And these were, uh, again, former practitioners of Umbande. Uh, and, uh, and I said, since they're, they said, since they're closest to our time, they have a different manner of speaking. So how do you know you got a person who used to practice this and is dead? Not enslaved, none of whatever, but it's just practice Umbande Quote, they are slow talking. Slow. I don't know what, anyway, that's what it says here. It's, 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 they frequently drink coconut water. They eat farofa. I looked that one up too. That's like a flower side dish thing. It's, and they smoke cigarettes. Now, this one, believe it or not, how do you know if this guy's in heaven yet? This is uh, called a Boyderos And basically, it's a, supposed to be a cowboy spirit. Because I will give the South Americans this. These guys know how to make cow. You ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse? Oh, don't even get me started. We're going to be here till 10 o'clock at night. All right. But anyway, so these are supposed to be the spirits of deceased gauchos. What's a gaucho? That's a South American cowboy, right? And, uh, you know, they had, they had a quote, a hard life in the arid hinterlands. And so how do you know they, uh, a gaucho is speaking through you? Because they speak of love, and they, it, but, but they're, they're frequently harsh in their speech because, you know, it's hard out there with the cows all by yourself. I mean, you gotta, whatever. And then, speaking of harsh mouth, uh, you have the mar, mar, marujos, also the spirit of sailors. You know, sailor mouths, I'll tell you what. That's supposed to be a sailor. Right. And uh, they're into uh, water, especially salt water, supposed to protect people, cleanse them. And uh, when a uh, Marcos, whatever spirit of a supposed a sailor talks to you, they appear, quote, drunk, quote, because that's just his way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those sailors, man, that's just what they do. Right. They can't stand. <laughs> I'm not joking. They can't stand straight. They frequently stumble as if they're on a ship in the high seas and they drink a lot of rum. Right? and you saw many examples we laugh about this but these people are literally being possessed they're not a sailor they're not a black man a uh, black woman they're not a catfish a chicken or whatever okay it's all de- demonic but they further apply that delusion like oh they're speaking like a kid so it must be an error or, you know, or they're, they're cussing you know a little, that's harsh well that must, that's the spirit of a cowboy right you know it, it's all just to delude people and you see the people that are possessed what are they doing they're smoking cigars cigarettes or they're drinking rum right it's all part of the demonic ruse. It's unfortunate, really. Then they have the what's called the Palintra, And I'm not joking. This is supposed to be a spirit of the bar rooms, gambling dens, and gutters. And how do you know if you got one? All of a sudden, you'll have, you know, the person will be uh, uh, displaying extreme, wild, partying, partying persona. You know, just going crazy. Party, party animal. That's what's going on there. Uh, they have the male ones called Exu. And, uh, uh, and then that's supposed to help you with a whole range of things. Uh, you have the females uh, called Pombagiris, uh, and they're supposed to help you with love. thought this was interesting. Especially, they will encourage you with self-love. That tells you where it's coming from. That's coming straight from the number one law of Satanism. That's the fall of Satan, Isaiah. And Ezekiel, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, I will be like God. I will be like self-love, self-all, self, self-focused, self-self-self. That's everywhere in our society, unfortunately, even in churches. That's the number one law of Satanism. That's what called the fall of Satan. And that's what these demon spirits are encouraging ladies to do. You just need to love yourself, lady. You'll feel much better. No, you won't. You know where every sin is caused? At that moment that you say yes, as Paul says in Galatians, spirit or flesh, you know what you're doing when you say no to the spirit of God and you say yes to the flesh? That's self-love. Self comes first. Self will do what I want. I know that you say, God, but this, I come first. This is what I want to do. That's the fruit of self-love. And what's God say? When you reap to that, what are you going to get? Destruction. Destruction. Right? Because we all know with uh, 20 years now of ingraining into kids' heads that it's all about you. It's the most polite, wonderful, generous culture we've ever had in the history of America. Are you kidding me? Have you ever seen them going across the street? Purposely slow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got a green light. They, 20 seconds ago, it would already turn. And they get mad at you. That's self-love. Right? But I digress. Anyway, that's right. Uh, then, of course, they have, that's the supposed good spirits. Then they have the bad spirits, uh, also called kiyombos, Uh, And they believe, oh, those are the ones that you hope don't pop in. You know, because nobody likes those. They co- c- can cause many annoyances. Right? But see, that's what they do. It's called good cop, bad cop demon will pop in all of a sudden tell you everything you want to hear and things of that nature well that had to have been from god that was an angel no it's no it's not and then the other ones they'll they'll get well that's obvious uh, mine was great but that's but that's obviously a bad demon that's a B, but i they're all bad they're in the same category white black green whatever it's all bad right today there's hundreds of thousands of Brazilians that can uh, consider themselves umbanistas the practices for counseling, for healing, things of that nature. And believe it or not, there's a huge chunk of them practicing what you just saw right here in the United States of America. And we'll eventually get to that, maybe in a couple studies, Lord One. But just to give you a little highlights, where did they go? So they went from Brazil. It was called the Brazilian, believe it or not, Diaspora. So it went from Brazil, came to America. Where? Here's the hot spots for what you just saw, this form of voodoo. And I quote, in Florida, of course, because that's the closest when you get there off of Cuba in that area. Uh, then also Massachusetts, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, California, shocker, and New York. In fact, quote, West 46th Street in New York City has been officially recognized as Little Brazil Street. But speaking of American influence, and this is this one, we've got two more to go real quick. Uh, there's another thing that the... Uh, Umbande practitioners, umbandistas, whatever, uh, they have a ritual, right? So you can, you can get that demon to possess you through dancing and singing, and that's characteristics, and you just keep it up until something pops up and it literally pops in, right? Dancing, singing, ceremonies, and things of that nature. They have another ritual. They use a psychedelic drug. American Indians do the same thing, mescaline peyote. Lord Moon, we'll get into that, okay? But these guys use a specific drug Uh, Ayahuasca, I believe is how you pronounce it. And that is one of the quickest ways to connect with these demons that uh, in this umbande to get them to inhabit you and speak through you and change your life. And apparently, it's what's helped Aaron Rodgers make his football decisions. Watch this.
7: It was in a two and a half hour interview. Aaron Rodgers shared a psychedelic experience that he says gave him a different perspective on life, love, and football. Man, You're taking me Sorry. back there right now. Aaron Rodgers got emotional while opening up about his experience using psychedelics on an episode of the Aubrey Marcus podcast released Wednesday.
8: I want to feel what pure love feels like. That was my intention. And I did. Mm -hmm. I really did.
7: The Green Bay Packers quarterback talked about traveling to Peru on an ayahuasca retreat.
8: I started deep uh, on a journey where the ayahuasca is usually described as a grandmother spirit. And I met her and walked with her through... Past, present, and future lives.
7: Ayahuasca is a plant-based psychedelic that is consumed like a tea. In some South American countries, it's used as a healing medicine to treat physical, mental, and spiritual issues. A choice that Roger says changed his life.
8: It felt like I was opening my eyes for the first time.
7: And he believes it may have led him to his fourth MVP award.
8: That experience paved the way for me to have uh, the best season of my career.
7: And Rogers isn't alone. Thousands of people travel to Peru for psychedelic tr- retreats. Some experiences can cost thousands of dollars.
0: Oh, by the way, guess what the latest trend in secular psychology is? Using psychotropic drugs to help people. Yeah, another reason to stay away from that stuff. Uh, but possibly, uh, can't say that's the Lord. But very possibly, with him admittedly going through this procedure. Uh, you might be seeing Aaron Rodgers now possessed. But don't worry, I hear that the Raiders are courting him as their new quarterback. Hey, if he does come here, you know what to do. We need to go witness to the guy. Right, but it isn't just Aaron Rodgers. Again, we'll get into the whole American voodoo, whatever, but just to give you, since we're on this, this is their ritual. This is a voodoo ritual, uh, South American voodoo ritual. They use this psychotropic drug, but watch this. Ayahuasca. An ancient Amazonian hallucinogen became Hollywood's new favorite escape. And I quote, forget cocaine. Many of LA's hottest parties feature ayahuasca, uh, this Amazonian hallucinogen. uh, Traditionally, a shaman serves a cup of black sludge, commonly known as la perja, because it causes nausea. uh, And the seekers uh, who have traveled to the rainforest down there in South America uh, are doing it in pursuit of, quote, a higher level of consciousness. Uh, You immediately experience uh, stuff like euphoria, supposed recovered memories of past lives, like you heard Aaron say. uh, And, quote, an opening, a direct channel to the divine. No, it's a direct channel to demons. And this is just one, admittedly, they use it voodoo. People are now, unfortunately, getting involved in it here. But this is what I've said for years, been there, done that, wish I wouldn't have bought the T-shirt. Everybody taking these drugs today, Right? Uh, and I'll throw it out there, including what's been legalized, marijuana. Uh, having been there, done that, I'm sorry. You aren't just taking a physical trip. It's a spiritual trip. You're opening up doors spiritually. It isn't just, hey, that was a funky trip. Yeah, it was so funky because you opened up a spiritual realm that you don't want to do. And typically it leads to more drugs and more. Dr- and, and because that's a work of the flesh. And what's God say you're going to get you reap what you sow, it's called destruction. But he's not the only one. And I quote, this is just real quick. Uh, other people who've done this and do this, sounds like more than once, Sting, Courtney Love, Paul Simon, Chelsea Handler, Jim Carrey. Remember a couple of years ago? It's like, man, dude, he went off into la-la land, right? And it got kind of weird. Remember that? I wonder what caused it. Did he get possessed? Tori Amos. Lindsay Lohan. Didn't she kind of go off the rails and have to get admitted for a while? I wonder why. Josh Radner. He is on the show, How I Met Your Mother. Terrence Howard. Will Smith. Megan Fox. Machine Gun Kelly. They're into all kinds of satanic stuff. Miley Cyrus. All of a sudden got weird and started twerking and doing all kinds of weird stuff. And I wonder why. Ricky Lake. Michelle Rodriguez from Fast and Furious, James Scott from Days of Our Lives, and Susan Sarandon, just to name a few. Umbande also, and I'll close with this, has also been recognized for its openness towards, speaking of Hollywood, uh, openness towards sexual diversity, homosexuality, bisexuality, transsexual, and homosexual couples are married religiously at the hands of Umbande priests, which again tells you where all that's come from. But real quick, let me give you another one. Uh, this one's called Kumbande. Okay, uh, Quimbonde, And basically, in a nutshell, as you can see there by that book, uh, this is basically voodoo's version of Satanism, right? The, the other ones we just saw, they would say, oh, we use white magic. These guys, this form of voodoo in South America, they admittedly say, oh, no, we're using black magic. But as we know, it's a lie, right? It's all bad, right? No matter how you colorize it, okay? But I'm going to share with you just a real quick uh, clip of this. And, uh, and it's just a quick clip. I don't want to show you more because it's it's flat on. Just it's, if you can envision, voodoo merges with Satanism. é this basically what this is em a nutshell. Watch this.
1: Salve, salve, família Matiscura Eu sou Tata Bae, Sou sacerdote do templo de Quimbanda Matiscura E hoje eu estou aqui para tirar algumas dúvidas, esclarecer algumas dúvidas do pessoal que nos procuram
5: aí nas nossas redes sociais. Esse culto que ainda é muito restrito, e por mais que nós temos meios de pesquisa eficiente, o culto de Quimbanda, por ser um culto restrito, um culto extremamente sigiloso, ainda deixa muitas dúvidas, né muita coisa a ser esclarecida. Se você não familiar com é uma afro afro-caribbean que trabalha com the tradition that I follow is more Luciferian. Um, I do not sacrifice animals. I haven't gotten there um, I'm animal rights, as many of you might know. So what I do is I usually uh, put my own blood on there, as you can see. Sounds like an American,
0: right? It's crazy. So basically, if you can imagine Satan is emerging with voodoo, that's what you got, right? Uh, and believe it or not, it's a practice here in America. We'll, Lord willing, get to that. But again, this is uh, Umbande. This is this is Kumbande, Sometimes spelled with not just a Q but a K. Uh, and basically, they admittedly say, "Oh no, we use the bad stuff." Well, again, it's all bad. And they admittedly say, "We're here not to help give people counsel. We're here to do and I quote, evil things." Their spirits are again. They got male and female spirits, the exus and the other one. Uh, but the male spirits that they uh, connect with. Uh, Quote, force justice and help in seduction and in vengeance. Uh, the females, again, uh, version, they, want, they use them to turn somebody in what's called a mulambo, which is considered someone who is wearing ragged clothes or who is very unlucky. So basically destroy their life. So this one openly says, no, we're using this stuff for bad. And it's all bad again, but you're just kind of seeing a flip side. Now, they have locations for their rituals. And, uh, the, uh, as we saw in our witchcraft study, uh, they say, you don't just do it anywhere. You do it at a crossroad. As we saw in our witchcraft study, and it's the same thing with voodoo, they believe at a crossroads is a place where it's easier to connect with the spirits, which basically again is what that movie was about, right? Which was in the South, which is where voodoo went to. And you go to a crossroads to make a deal with the devil. Right, so most people, go, oh, that was a cool and that man, Steve Vai, man, he was ripping it and this, but he blew me away from classical. It was awesome. The whole thing was about voodoo, right? But most people don't catch it. Anyway, so you do it at a crossroads. But let me break it down. You got the female, the male spirits, whatever. Um, the males, if you want to contact the male in this uh, kumbande, uh, you got to drink whiskey. The ladies, I'm not joking, you drink champagne. If you want to attract the female evil spirit. It's all bad, but this is how they break it down. Uh, Both are into red and black, as you saw in the video. Uh, Both, it has to be at a crossroads. Both, it's at midnight. Both, it's a Monday or a Friday. The male evil spirit, you got to smoke a cigar. The ladies, a cigarette. Uh, The food, the guys, uh, you need to have flour, palm oil, and pepper. The ladies, it's flour, palm oil, and honey. Right. Ladies like sweet stuff, right? Uh, and things of that nature. The guys, uh, to help attract the evil male spirit, supposedly, you got to be aggressive. The ladies, you got to sing a song. And ain't that the truth, guys? Remember that? You had to serenade do all that stuff. It's like, come on. But anyway, I'm going to move on. Uh, they got animal sacrifices with pigeons, hens, roosters, goats, sheep, bulls. I think it's like Satanism. Don't kid yourself. If you don't think people are involved in this. In fact, in West Africa, I didn't even share that aspect. In West Africa last week, uh, if you look at the newspaper clippings and things of that nature, people are being abducted, missing. Uh, people are being arrested uh, for the suspicion of human sacrifice for their rituals. So don't kid yourself if that doesn't go on. It does. And today, watch this, uh Banda, this basically Satanism voodoo, has had a, quote, quick rising in membership ever since its emergence in the 1970s. Sound familiar? That's when Satanism was popularized by Anton LaVey. Remember that? Even in San Francisco, as we dealt with that in our study. Okay. Things of that nature. And let me give you one more real quick. Okay. Just another one. And this is Tambor de Mina, however you pronounce that. This is uh, more in the Brazilian states, uh, uh, in the Amazon rainforest area. Uh, tambor means drum in Portuguese. And it uh, it's the importance of, uh, refers to the importance of rhythmic element of worship. Again, if you don't take the drugs, the, the other way you get yourself to connect and be possessed by their spirits is music repetitive over and over and over again. And that's what they rely on. That's what the very name means, tambour. Uh, Again, they got their breakdown of entities, spirits. uh, But uh, the spirits of people they call, of all things, incantados. What's that sound like? Well, shocker, it's like they just can't come up with nothing new. That's that latest Disney cartoon. Again, what does Disney do? They go around the world find a culture that's involved in a particular cult practice and make a cartoon out of it. Glamorize it and kids eat it up. Shocker. Uh, The worship involves the worship of their so-called gods or Voduns. They got them into five different families. Each family has a specific part of the house they're supposed to be in. They got specific songs you're supposed to sing, specific behaviors, specific activities. Uh, The male version is called a toy. Uh, The female is called a noche. There's uh, supposedly 45 different kinds. Uh, it's said that the Encantados uh, are entities of people who did not die but disappeared and became invisible or turned into animals, plants, and they live in a magical kingdom called Intaria. Uh, How's it goes? And the Encantados are present uh, and are, listen, invoked. So basically, you're talking about demons. Call them what you want. They're demons. They're invoked, and I quote, by religious ceremonies, by the priest or priestess, as they go into a trance. Again, you'll see that in action here. And you keep it up, and you keep it going, and if you notice, it was the same thing over and over again, and you keep it twirling, and you keep it moving, and you keep it doing that, and you keep it doing that, and what's going to happen? You're going to get possessed. That's what they rely on. That's what they think is a good thing, right? So today, I don't know, let's, if you, let's say if you played repetitive music over and over again, let's say a good 45 minutes at least, you know, maybe crank it up an hour, I don't know, and just over and over again, man, mindless, repetitive stuff. Um, I don't know next thing you know I think you'd probably end up with uh, one of these services that looks like this <laughs> But we're the immature ones and we just don't know. I don't care what music is. You keep playing that over and over again. You do a bunch of minor stuff. People start doing goofy stuff. I've said this before until I'm blue in the face. I don't, I don't discount these people I have an experience. I don't discount that you had goosebumps. But that doesn't mean it's from the spirit of God. This is at the heart of voodoo. Outside the psychotropic drugs, this is how... They rely on every single time to get possessed. For the goal of a spirit coming in you and speaking through you for the benefit supposedly by other people. And today it's been Christianized. Did you see that guy? He almost stabbed somebody. And it's such a so so-called genuine movement of God. Make sure you get it on your cell phone. Hope you had the stabilizer on. That's going to be very annoying for people to watch. <coughs> but again, we're dealing with the Tambor De This final one. It's uh, synchronization. Their words, not mine. It's quote impossible, almost impossible to separate Catholicism from Tambor De Dare I say, charismatic practices. In the temples of Tambor De it's common to hold feasts and parties that are requested by the spiritual entities, i.e., demons, such as the feast of the Divine Holy Spirit. Blah blah blah. Now, in closing, we're talking about South America. We're talking about Brazil, right? When you think of Brazil, right, probably one of the most famous American Brazilians that, believe it or not, is still extremely active in Brazilian occult behavior is Tom Brady's ex-wife, Giselle Bunchen. Comes from Brazil. As we saw before, but I'm bringing it up again, now in this context, because we're dealing with South American voodoo, Brazil, uh, she apparently never stopped practicing her Brazilian occult upbringing. In fact, Tom admitted on tape, she's been helping him with her voodoo practices, whatever practices, uh, to win some games. Here he's on tape admitting it. Watch this.
1: Any, any superstitions going into the game? Any special thing you carried into the game on Sunday that you had ducked away somewhere?
5: Uh, uh, I did. (laughs) I always, um, you know, I've learned a lot from my wife over the years. She's so about the power of intention, you know, and believing things that are really going to happen. And she always makes a little altar for me at the game because she she just wills it so much. And uh, so she put together a little altar for me that I could bring with pictures of my kids and I have these little special stones and healing stones and protection stones and she has me wear a necklace and take these drops she makes and i say all these mantras and i stopped questioning her a long time ago i did i just shut up and listen and at first i was like this is kind of crazy and then about four years ago we were playing the seahawks and she said you better listen to me this is your year but this is all the things you're gonna have to do to win. And I did all those things and by God, you don't work. It was pretty good. (laughs) And then in 2015, it was about early January and she said, you know how much I love you? And I said, yeah. And she said, I just wanna let you know this is not gonna be your year. And of course we lost. I said, what does 16 look like? (laughs) And she said, 16 is gonna be your year. (laughs) So it was early January this year. And I said, babe, I asking, Like, do we have a chance? And she said, yeah, but you're going to have to do a lot of work and you're really going to have to listen to me. (laughs) So, man, I listened to her. And right after the game, she said, see, I did a lot of work. You do your work, I do mine. She said, you're lucky you married a witch. I'm just a good witch.
0: (laughs) Your people laughed about it. Man, first Aaron Rodgers and... Tom Brady, it's crazy. It's almost like we've been infiltrated with not good practices and people don't even know what in the world's going on because they've never been taught. Shocker. And I quote a New York Times uh, article talk about Tom Brady. Brady uh, said his family in 2015 has space for, quote, multiple faiths. Quote, I think we're into everything. I don't know what I believe. I think there's a belief system. I'm just not sure what it is. Also in 2015, it's reported in the USA Today, quote, Brady kept a four-inch bronze idol of the Hindu god Ganesh in his locker. The idol is said to be, quote, a remover of obstacles in the Hindu faith. But the Bible says, and they quote, Galatians 6, 17 through 19, witchcraft is among many types of sin rejected by God. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual and sexual. Morality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You reap what you sow. If that's your way of life, you think it's no big deal, you want to literally thumb your nose at God. Put it to the test. And I'm not making fun of them. My heart goes out to them. Like anybody Who I believe is not a Christian. How's Tom Brady's life doing right now? No. Dare I say, if I were to venture, how do you think his wife, ex-wife's life is doing? Probably not good. How do you think their kids are doing right now? Parents all split up. Not good. If only we knew how this happened. Well, you reap what you sow. God cannot be mocked. Don't be deceived. Right? You went down the wrong path. It was your choice. You rejected God's way, good things that get to eternal life, indulged in the flesh, occult behavior, laughed about it, thought it was funny. <laughs> Piece of cake. And now you not only do not get to inherit the kingdom of God because you're not a Christian, unless he's gotten saved recently, but you get before, as a non-Christian, you end up in hell, your life turns into a miserable hell. And I'm not here to belittle that. I'm not here to make fun of him. I'm just saying it's unfortunate. But you see why? Because God cannot be mocked. You do not be deceived. If you're involved in this, as we saw in our other studies, it leads to destruction. It's detestable. It will destroy your life. It turns your life into something, in the Hebrew, something disgusting. But that's not all. That's the first place that it went. Voodoo started in West Africa, and because of the sin of slavery, it took that other sin, voodoo, with it where it went. The next place that it went is into the Caribbean, okay? And then you're talking about the Dominican Republic, you're talking about Haiti, and you're talking about Cuba, also known as Santeria. Have you heard of that one? Ooh, Good thing none of that's going to escape to America. Yeah, it's all over the place, but Lord willing, we'll get to that next time. Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple of things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not How can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so, God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall to give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying. Okay. How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another 10 commandment says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even his name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. Uh, uh, Even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead. Okay, that's the same thing. Uh, It's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey folks, that's just five out of 10. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what do we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. and we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey Hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I'm a thief, I'm a blasphemer, I'm an adulterer, I'm a murderer. And the Scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step, to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us his son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The, The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against him and disqualified us that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judges said, hey listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes you're going to not just jail, you're going to await uh, in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row, it's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon